Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show anywhere you get your podcast. I think we're on 36 platforms. So just uh, download it, have it come right to your inbox. You can listen when you want to listen if you can't catch us from 3 to 6 on weekdays. It's 49 degrees and cloudy outside, 410. Be careful of that traffic. Uh, you know, between Wilkes-Barre and Scranton, it's down over, all the way starting at 309 coming north, all the way up to the airport, and then uh, some jam-ups upper uh, Lackawanna County when you get near uh, Waverly area on 81 North as well. 81 South, coming to the airport, yeah, you're going to hit your delays and some slowdowns. We were talking about student loan payments before. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Max from Mountaintop on student loans. Max. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, Rob. Merry Christmas, uh, Max. I wanted to get into the student loan issue. That's a hot button with me because when I went to King's College, 68 to 72, I took out a total of $6,000 in tuition loans from the government. Now, I commuted to school. The credit hours were 25 and $35 a credit hour. Times have changed. Graduated from college, worked two years, paid off a 7% loan at United Penn Bank. Now, I'm talking to somebody that has kids in the military, which they do their service, and they earn their right for their education by making the greatest sacrifice, military service. So I'm comfortable talking about this issue. The problem with default student loans is the promise by the Biden administration to cancel the student loan debt. And the parents that signed for these student loans, unsecured and uncollateralized, guaranteed by the federal government, that's you and me taxes, backing up the bank contracts. So little Johnny and little Lori that are stuck in the basement playing video games have no intentions of going to work. Because they know that in a campaign year, Biden's going to waive the the uh, uh, the waiver thing with 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 the money owed to the taxpayers. Now, who owes the money? Fifty-four percent of all student loan debt is collateralized by husband and wives over the age of fifty, with a mean average income over six figures, one hundred thousand dollars a year. The parents are telling the kids. Wait until your dream job comes along and you start paying the loans off because we ain't paying them, even though we signed for them at the bank under a federal grant program. And one of the big things that we have to factor in there is how the cost of education, how the cost of these university and college has skyrocketed simply because the federal uh, government has backed these loans. They know it's guaranteed money, so they increase their costs. They inflate them artificially. Example, state education and PA, University of Pitt, you got Millersville, you got uh, Lincoln University, U of Penn, I believe, the Penn State system. After the Sandusky issue, right, the NCAA fines the school $65 million. The following year, Penn State increases tuition 15%. So they punished the future students and their parents for the sins of the past. That's where the, the, the schools got, there, there are no checks and balances 
with tuition increases, especially in the Pennsylvania state educational system, because they get top shelf first priority to get uncollateralized loans co-signed by the kids' parents. And the kids could care less about paying that debt because they, they got ticket stubs from whiteout games that they could sell through eBay. Great point, great point. And 40% of these debt holders chose after three and a half years to not. And again, that pause was simply for you to chip away at that debt. It was paused. It didn't mean it didn't mean you shouldn't continue to pay it. It was a it was an avenue for you to chip away at that debt, for you to to catch up to it if you were behind. And what people did is simply forgot about it. They believed in the promise from this administration that we're going to make it go away, and eventually the taxpayer is going to be the one footing the bill because, like you said, they they yep. made promises they couldn't keep. They got some pushback from it, so now they're chipping away any way they can through executive order to do it. As long as they got a free four-year ride for the kids and didn't have to put any money out, they got full votes, 100%, with any state state uh, institutional uh, institution of learning. Now, banks, by the way, they charge compounding interest. So the longer that you don't pay those debts off, that interest compounds annually. That debt is growing. And the parents are saying, just give up on it. We'll hope that the Democrats will send us some help. Indeed. Indeed. I appreciate your input, Max. Thanks for checking in. And Merry Christmas again. I, did, I didn't mean to get off on a negative wing. No, no. We we'll brought talk. it up. We brought it up. That's, that's what we're talking you, about. Yeah, you, you open the door. And one New Yorker to New Yorker, we'll talk next year. Sounds good, my friend. Sounds good. Have a great New Year. You too. Bye. And uh, let's check in one more. We have uh, Ray from Wilkesbury on student loans. Ray. Yeah, Bob, I'll tell you what they should do right now. Anybody that doesn't want to pay it, garnish their wages and take it right out of their check, whether it's the mother, the father. I really don't care. There's other people that are hurting right now, but their loans aren't going to be forgiven. Garnish their wages. Take it right out of their check. And if they don't like it, leave the country. That's the best thing I could say. Leave. Because I don't think they should get a free ride. I really don't. No, I, I think we should start assessing what degrees these people have that, that are not paying their student loan and maybe find public service jobs somewhere that needs filling, like maybe a youth and family services position or a you know, Department of Aging position or a VA position or something there and say, well, here's your chance to work this off. If you turn it down, we're going to garnish anywhere you work. We're going to put liens on your property. We will may repossess your house. We might do those things. But let's give the opportunity, say, okay, you know, you have a degree in whatever it is. You fit these criteria of jobs that can put, that can fulfill your public service for this debt. Let's start looking into that. But th- a program like that in itself is going to take money and resources just to set up. But just promising people, hey, we're going to make this go away because you can't pay it, or 40% willfully just refuse to pay it. Um, you know, we have a problem that needs needs addressing. Yeah, that's what I say. Just guard the way. I worked two, three jobs when I was young. I mean. What are we supposed to do? If a person gets divorced and goes on a hard time, are we going to garnish? Are we, I'm not garnish. Are we just going to help them out and tell them they get loan forgiveness because they're going through a hard time? 
and there was I, I there was think. always avenues for that, right? Like if you if you got a job outside of college and you started paying off your student loans, and say a year or two later you got laid off, you could contact your lender and say, "Hey, I got laid off. I'm not working right now." Now your interest would still compound, but you weren't responsible for debts. There are pauses like that built in that are already available to people. But this fact that after three and a half years of unprecedented just a stop, a freeze on interest, where you had three and a half years to catch up to chip away at that debt and you did nothing, um, you know, I'm sorry. I'm getting plenty of text messages from people whose kids and families chipped away at that debt during that three and a half years to where it was manageable when it kicked back in, and they're paying it off now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, otherwise, this, there's going to be an uprising in this country, and this president, just for votes, just for votes to do this, and we're all going to foot the bill. I'm tired of footing the bill for a lot of people. I'm really just tired of it and, and if they're not going to make them pay it then nobody should file a tax return this year and not pay the irs well i don't I, I don't advocate for that because then you're getting yourself in trouble but I, I i hear the anger i see the anger this was a ploy for votes that all it was it was a false promise that they knew wouldn't would wouldn't meet the muster of the Supreme Court, which it didn't, and now they're trying to find ways all around it to use abuse executive orders to to do what they're doing instead of holding people responsible. These are the same people, and like you said, the majority of this debt's held by people over fifty with advanced degrees who are making six figures. Um, you know, I think we start looking into who has this debt and holding them personally responsible. Either you work a civil service position that that helps the community out that you live in, or we start garnishing things. Exactly. I, I'm I'm just tired of it. I worked hard my whole life, and so did a lot of other people. We didn't get no freebies. We didn't get no handouts. Uh-uh. They're picking and Actually, you're discriminating people because <laughs> you're just picking and choosing who you want to help and who you don't want to. It, 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 all for votes. All for votes and support at, at the ballot box. That's all this is, Ray. Yep. And it's it's disgraceful that we're going down this road. It's disgraceful we have to do that. So we need to do we need to do better. All right, Bob, thank, thanks for hearing me. Have a good new year. You too, Ray. Thanks for checking in. Oh, 40% of people not paying their student debts after a three-and-a-half-year freeze of not only payments but interest too. And, uh, you know, we get our listeners here who did the right thing. They chipped away at it. You know, instead of, you know, spending that uh, that stimulus money on whatever they did, they chipped away at their debt with it. They did things, did the right things, were responsible, did without um, you know, worked when people didn't want to work during COVID to pay off student debt. It was very doable. I went through the stories here where, you know, we, I, I brought up stories of people with law degrees who worked two jobs during the pandemic at a very high rate because the workers were in demand, used all their stimulus money that they got to pay down their debt, and walked away with a, with a law degree from a, from a modest college because they were responsible. You know, I'm sorry. It's your contract. It's your debt. Somebody's going to take care of it for me. Why am I bothering? Oh, always. There's always somebody else to pick up the mess, don't you think? Yep. Got a text message here. I got laid off from my job a year after graduation, kept uh, making my student loan payments and car payments while on unemployment for six months. It can be done. Yes, thank you. Thank you for someone who's done it. You're responsible. You you upheld your debt. You're trying too hard. And... (laughs) You know what? You're going to you're going to win in the end because these people have a work ethic. These people have a, a 
an, a view on life that is not realistic and they're not going to survive when times get tough. We're seeing that already. No one's going to do for you. You have to do for yourself in this world. Mm-mm. Everybody and, else is always doing for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Constantly. It I, doesn't it make you want to cry when you open the news some days? Uh, no, I don't cry because of the news. You're a tough but, guy. Uh, I no, know. I'm not a tough guy. It's just very little in the news is going to make me cry, I think. I do. I, well, it, I find it frustrating. Actually, it, I did today. Which story was it? Gaston Glock passed away today. Gaston Glock is the founder and inventor of the Glock handgun. Passed away today. Did you cry? It was my first gun. So it's it, the it first did make gun issued to me. It was innovation for the firearms industry. And yes, I was emotional about it because it's protected my life for at least 30 years and a lot of my friends' lives. So I got you. That's the I news understand. we got today. Speaking of that, it's 422. Is traffic still a mess out Speaking there? Speaking of wanting to cry. There you, that might make me cry. There you go. At least you're not out there. You're in here. You can feel good about working today because of this and during these hours. This traffic update is brought to you by Data Internet. A little bit frustrating. Uh, very slow go. 81 both directions between Scranton and Wilkesbury. I Now... I believe there was an accident right around DuPont was the first accident going northbound. That had things um, backed up all the way to Wilkes-Barre, Bear Creek. It's still touch and go, um, hitting northbound on 81, coming southbound on 81, uh, stop and go as well. From Montage Mountain Road, Davis Street to the Pittston area, I it looked like there was another accident coming southbound right around Avoca, too. You have heavy traffic in downtown Scranton. You have heavy traffic on Route 315 and uh, on Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit. That may cause you some delays today. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. This afternoon, rain a high of 48. Tonight, cloudy, patchy fog and rain showers, low 43. Thursday, spotty showers, mild temperatures, high 53. Thursday night, foggy, mild with spotty showers, low 44. Friday, mostly cloudy, spotty showers and mild temperatures, high of 54. It's currently 49 degrees with some misting and rain outside. At 423, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio 426. Uh, get into that in a minute. Let's see what we're going on here. Oh, let's go to the fame. We have Lorraine from Hazleton with a brand new poem to end 2023. Well, soon anyway. Lorraine, how are you? Hanging in. How are you? Well, that's all we can do, right? That's all we can do. That's about it. I'm tired of hanging in. I want to hang out, but oh well. Anyway, yep, a brand new poem, hot off the press, and you're the first to hear it with whomever is listening. And it's called A Continuation of Life. Another year has come and gone, and we sit in amazement how the days have sped by. If you close your eyes long enough, you're liable to think it could be the 4th of July. Time waits for no man or woman. This is why we have to make our lives worthwhile. Show kindness and compassion whenever you can, even if it is a simple smile. People are hungry for genuine love. Unfortunately, some have a difficult time finding it. 
This is why we have to make a sincere effort to be nice. You'll never know when you might just make a big hit. Remember that in 2024, there are many who still haven't made, while others only have sorrow and strife. Keep in mind that it is only a new number at the top of a calendar. And for me, it is just a continuation of life. Beautiful poem there, Lorraine. Beautiful poem. Thank you. I always said it might be a new number at the top, but it's a continuation of life. There you go. Can't say it any better than that. And I, and I hold to it. <laughs> That's always good. A, a woman of her word, Lorraine is from Hazleton, right? Yeah. I try to be. <laughs> Don't sound so enthused. Say, yes, I am. Don't say, so, say, it, say, it, say it with the conviction there, Lorraine. That's right. I, there you go. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. There you go. There uh, you go. I, I could say, so. you want me to be enthusiastic? I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You might hear some things coming out of my mouth that might, you might fall off your chair there. No, no, Jake can't hit the dump button, so you got to be careful with what you say. So. Uh, oh, 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 well, I have to hit the dump, bump, yeah, dump button for him when I'm talking to him, right, Jake? Uh-oh. Jake? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, here there we go, go. again. Lorraine. No. He's all good. It's all good. Well, I appreciate you checking in again, Lorraine. I'll be here tomorrow. Sue will be in here on uh, Friday. Yeah, I know. I figure well, I better grab you while I can. There you go. I'm always grabbing it, but that's okay. <laughs> yep, as I said, you're always welcome here, and you know okay, that. Okay, well, I'm okay. I'm just teasing. You know that. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks for checking in, Lorraine. Good to hear from you. Thank you for letting me read it. No problem. Bye bye. Um, so let we let's see what we got here. I got a text message. I don't know what your caller was smoking, but Biden has been relieving students of closed schools that became unaccredited and people who did public service. Um, but never had the loan forgiven. Uh, then they talk into, I, I don't know who's getting away with uh, not paying. Interest adds up and your credit tanks. No one is getting away. Believe me, if there was forgiveness, I'd be the first in line. Well, they actually are because there's four different programs. Biden administration has been allowed to uh, erase $127 billion in debt. You are correct on some of them. The public service loan forgiveness, which was started by President George W. Bush in 2007, allowed certain non-for-profit and government employees to have their federal student loans discharged after 10 years of on-time payments. So they've been making payments for 10 years on time. They didn't pay off their loans. They were just making payments, and they're working in a position that the government says, hey, you're helping society. We're going to erase your student debt. So they, it is erasing their student debt. Um, you know, if they're doing good for the community, it's part of a program that was set up and, and, and voted on by Congress, that's fine. I have no issues with that. Uh, as far as the uh, borrower's defense discharge, loan discharge, those were borrowers that, uh, the, that can be eligible for discharge of their schools suddenly closed or they were cheated by their colleges and unaccredited, you know, these for-profit scams and such like that. So uh, that's $22.5 billion in relief for $1.3 million borrowers. Now, they were scammed. Some could justify that, hey, you know what, maybe you should have did more due diligence before you went to institutions like that. 
um, you know, quite simply, and I won't re- know the name of the school, is I've had friends whose kids were looking to go to some of these schools. And when I talked to their parents, when their parents asked me about advice, I said I, I'd, I'd really investigate this and watch out because that's not the way this works because their child was going to go to one of these universities, one of these schools, and be, try to become an FBI agent. And I said, that, that's not the way you do this. That's, that's not a school for that. Uh, they might be promising you the world, but that's not the way it goes. Parents did due diligence, taught their kids, talked their kids out of going to a school, taught them to a better choice. So, you know, it's not the government's job to help you with poor decisions. And a lot of this, there's a mix there. Yes, people, borrowers were deceived with these schools, but with just the very minimal amount of investigation into these schools, you got the warnings pretty much out there. And then there's another program, Totally and Permanently Disabled Discharges, where the Bidens has helped more than a half a million borrowers and $11.7 billion in debt um, because they were disabled or whatever the situation may be. Their debt has been wiped out. Now, does one really have to do with the other? Um, are you telling me because you are disabled, you're not a functioning member of society, you can't pay something? You know, and then there's the... Uh, there was one other program, the Borrowers Defense. Oh, and the the first program, the uh, public's the the one where forty two billion dollars for eight hundred and fifty thousand people enrolled in these plans, where if they made on time payments for I believe it's twenty years, uh, and for federal student loans, all of these are for federal student loans only. If you made on time payments for twenty years for these federal student loans, they considered your loan forgiven. So, yes, um, I mean, I have plenty of family members. I know plenty of people who, if their student loan is $200 a month, they're sending four and $500 a month because they're making the extra money. They don't have a lot of overhead. They're paying down their debt. These are people who chose to pay the minimum payment regardless of the amount they were making. It's dragged on to 20 years because, yes, interest does compound. Again, it's in your contract. It's black and white. If you weren't smart enough to figure it out, if you weren't, you know, didn't have the wherewithal to get somebody to advise you properly on it and look into this and say, hey, this is what compounding interest does. Um, yeah, they are forgetting people's debt. But, yes, there are those programs out there as well for people who are scammed and people who are disabled and people who do a public service. It's uh, 434 here at WILK. I apologize to Paul Michaels. It's time for the news. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 440, 50 degrees with some clouds and rain outside. It's a point of the show where we honor our heroes here at home who made the ultimate sacrifice. 77 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day. Nine of them from here in Pennsylvania, and some of them right from our area here. We're going to start off with Sergeant Christopher M. Mortensen, Wilkes-Barre Area Police Department, Wilkes-Barre Police Department, Pennsylvania, in, in 2021. Died from complications as a result of contracting COVID-19 in the line of duty. He'd served with the Wilkes-Barre Police Department for 20 years, survived by his wife and son. We have Detective Howard W. Murray of the Beaver County District Attorney's Office in 1948 was killed in an automobile accident on Route 20 in Walnut Creek. Police Officer Christian Shade, Carnegie Borough Police Department of Pennsylvania in 1941, succumbed to injuries sustained two days earlier when he was struck by a vehicle while directing traffic of the intersection of Mary Street and East Main Street. Captain Albert Gleason, Scranton Police Department of Pennsylvania in 1933, was shot and killed while attempting to arrest a man in a hotel room on Wyoming Avenue. Captain Gleason, another officer, went to the hotel room 
where a man wanted for robbery in Binghamton, New York, was supposed to be. When the other officer knocked on the door, the suspect jumped from his room window to the fire escape where Captain Gleason was standing guard. The suspect and Captain Gleason exchanged gunfire, killing each other. Patrolman James Edward Hughes, Pittsburgh Borough Police, 1929, responded to a grocery store robbery at 10 10 Emmett Street and was interviewing victims inside when someone ran in and stated he had seen the three suspects on Central Avenue. Patrolman overlooked the subjects at the intersection during an ensuing gun battle. He was shot six times and pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. Corporal Bradley Clemens Paul, Pennsylvania State Highway Patrol, was shot and killed while working a roadblock east of Newcastle, 1929. Corporal Vincent Alfonso Hassan, Pennsylvania State Highway Patrol in 1927, was killed when a sidecar of his motorcycle clipped a parked car and caused him to be thrown from the motorcycle. And police officer Edward George, Philadelphia Police Department in Pennsylvania in 1902, was killed and two other officers were injured when a horse-drawn patrol wagon was rammed by a trolley on Columbia Avenue at 11th Street, modern-day Cecil, Cecil, Cecil B. Moore Avenue. Police officer William Baker, Philadelphia Police Department, in 1851, was killed while assisting the scene of a large fire at the intersection of 6th Street and Chestnut Street, was attempting to rescue several people and remove property from a burning building when a portion of it collapsed, trapping them inside. Those are our... Those are our nine from here in Pennsylvania. And like I said earlier, um, Gaston Glock, the founder of Glock handguns, uh, who was born in 1929, passed away today, 1227 in 2003, the founder and innovator of Glock handguns, uh, the the gun most used by police departments across our nation, and uh, an innovator of, of... what the Glock handgun is designed and uh, use for. Again, I've been carrying mine since uh, 1990. It's uh, kept me safe, kept my family safe, and I have it to this day. It's a Gen 1, Gen 2, one of the first generation Glock 19s that were made, and it still works like day one today. So, uh, you know, if you carry a Glock handgun or you own a Glock handgun, you know, Glock... Gaston Glock passed away today, and the, the company says that they will continue the tradition in his memory moving forward to produce the finest handguns um, that, that, again, are the staple of police and, and even the military now have been using them. It's uh, 444, time Tom for traffic and weather. Mothers of the Smothers Brothers passed away today I as well. did see that. Yes. Funny man. Added humor to our lives. Uh, this traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. Still a little frustrating on 81, both directions between Wilkes-Barre and Scranton, but a lot better than it was a bit earlier. They're clearing up those accidents. Traffic is just a bit slow. Go uh, 81 between Wilkes-Barre Bear Creek and Pittston going northbound, coming southbound Scranton um, to the Pittston area. You'll be a little bit um, uh, slow. I guess that's the best word for it. it. It looks like it's moving, but you're not moving the speed limit. So that could be frustrating to some. We are looking at heavy traffic on Northern Boulevard and Clark Summit as well, and on North Blakely Street in Dunmore. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. 
Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, cloudy, patchy fog, rain showers, low 43. Thursday, spotty showers and mild temperatures, high 53. Thursday night, foggy and mild with spotty showers, low 44. Friday, mostly cloudy, spotty showers and mild temperatures, high 54. It's currently 50 degrees, cloudy with some misting outside at 446 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 449. It looks like things have uh, severely escalated in the Red Sea out in the Mediterranean and the Middle East area. A Navy ship and strike fight group fighter jets thwarted another series of attacks in the Red Sea on Tuesday, shooting down numerous drones and missiles fired by Houthi rebels operating in Yemen, U.S. Central Command announced on social media. The destroyer, the USS Lebon, and FA-18 Super Hornets from the USS Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group shot down 12 one-way attack drones, three anti-ship ballistic missiles, and two land attack cruise missiles in the Southern Red Sea that were fired by the Houthis over a 10-hour period, the command said. The attack began around 6.30 a.m. local time. The barrage comes a week after the Pentagon announced a new task force in the region to protect commercial shipping from such attacks. The Houthis have targeted shipping in the Red Sea since October 19th in hopes of disrupting the support of Israel in its war against uh, Hamas and Gaza. The Post did not say what the drones and missiles were targeting, but it noted that there were no damages to ships in the area report or reported injuries. The 10-hour barrage also appeared to be the first instance of Navy jets responding to Houthi attacks. Not only that, but this is the first time since 2017, I believe, that U.S. aircraft, FAA Super Hornets, FAA-18 Super Hornets specifically, have gotten an air-to-air kill, be it cruise missile drones or whatever it is. So uh, this is definitely an increase in activity there. Now, there are several squadrons on the uh, the Ike, the USS Eisenhower out there. You have the... The Gunslingers and the, um, who else is out there? The Gunslingers, this is going to bother me now. And the Jolly Rogers. Those are the two squadrons that are on the Eisenhower at this time. Um, out there patrolling, thankfully armed, and thankfully taking action. The fact that we haven't res- responded for this specific attack, which which I'm sure we're going to see something. I would hope we're going to see something. But talking to the military assets that I have that come on the show quite regularly, they are extremely disappointed with a lack of response. Uh, we did take a response after three USS, U.S. service members in Iraq were injured, one being in critical condition at this moment. The Biden administration did take strikes in certain areas, but until we start attacking and targeting what's supporting this, what's funding this, what's training this, which is Iran, these are proxies of Iran, until we start targeting Iranian Revolutionary Guard air bases, their most sophisticated air bases, their oil platforms, Something to send a message that we're not going to tolerate this, and we will come scorched earth if you continue this. We're not doing that, which is why you're seeing continuing. 
this just wasn't something. This this was a barrage over ten hour period. And like I said, twelve one way attack drones, three anti ship ballistic missiles, and two land attack cruise missiles in the Southern Red Sea. That's 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 a declaration of war. That that's that's something that needs a response. Early December, Houthi officials said that their forces would continue to prevent Israeli ships from navigating the Red Sea in the Gulf of Aden until the Israeli aggression against our steadfast brothers in the Gaza Strip stops. Pentagon spokeswoman Sabrina Singh told reporters the next day that it's still important to understand and focus on the fact that what's happening in Israel and with, within Gaza has not spread out into a wider regional conflict. December 18th, Defense Secretary Lloyd Owens announced a new international task force that is aimed at halting the attacks. The announcement came within days of several major shipping companies announcing that they would begin to avoid the area. However, Reuters have, has reported that Spain, Italy, and France have pushed back on the claim and some countries such as Norway and Denmark were sending only officers, not ships. Despite that, the, the Marsk, one of the shipping companies that diverted its ships from the area, said that the unit was most welcome news to the entire industry. Now, the difference is a four-hour transit through this area in the Red Sea or a 40-hour transit around the Horn of Africa quadrupling 10 times their price, tenfold, which is, will be passed on to the consumer. It's as simple as that. If shipping and getting the goods cost there, 12% of the world's goods come through this area. We've talked about this. But this is a clear and present danger. These are anti-ship ballistic missiles that are being fired in and around our United States military assets and to the point where our F-18 Super Hornets uh, had to take defensive actions. And thankfully, and without any question that it wouldn't, uh, were successful in their message. But that ne- once that's done, once you defend this attack, there needs to be a clear and pre- present message sent to the aggressors and their supporters and the, the people who are funding and supplying them, which is Iran. Everyone knows this. It's simple. What's also disturbing is that the Biden administration has removed the Houthis from our terrorist, a known terrorist organization. They've declassified them as a terrorist group. Where's the announcement after this attack? Now, saying we're immediately putting them back on this list and I'm ordering strikes that have taken place on X, Y, and Z. Why isn't that done? Well, where's Biden now? Isn't he in the Virgin Islands or something? He just went, came back from vacation to go back on vacation. But, um, you know, you'd think there'd be a response, but I guess not. It's uh, 4.55 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Try to stay away to politics between this Christmas and New Year's, but you kind of got to get into it a little bit. What a, um, Michigan Supreme Court has rejected what some are calling the insurrectionist ban, case that keeps Trump on the 2024 primary ballot, which is as directly opposite of what the uh, court in Colorado has done. So it's interesting how two Supreme Courts, two different states, can come up with two different decisions. And it's not like, you know, one's Republican-leaning, one's conservative-leaning, I mean, uh, liberal-leaning. 
because they're they're both kind of in the same. They just had different opinions on it, which is what happens in in a case like this. And again, the the ballot is where something like this should be determined by these courts getting involved in something like this for something that has not even been charged or convicted of. Again, we are a nation of laws, and the law says you're innocent until proven guilty. For them to assign guilt without that process is a problem, and it's going to cause dissension across America if this continues. Um, I, I, I believe once the Supreme Court gets involved and kind of quashes the entire rhetoric of this, things will stabilize a little bit. But if we keep going down this direction, if we keep allowing questions to come with our election processes because of the issues out there where people have rightfully so have questions about conspiracy theories and 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 issues with voting and issues in this where you're trying to remove someone from the ballot. Everyone has a vote. Let's secure that vote. Let's make sure the votes are valid. And let's have this issue done at the ballot box the way it was meant to be the American way. But just some for some updated news, Michigan has said that Trump will remain on the 2024 primary ballot. It's